The following podcast contains opinions and viewpoints held by the podcasters that do not necessarily reflect the opinions or viewpoints of potential sponsors or third-party hosts. Any content provided by our podcasters or of their opinion are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Enjoy! Welcome to Three Episode Podcast, coming to you pre-recorded and or live, thanks to YouTube and Zoom and later on on Spotify. I am Sorry, not your host, but Justin's stuff. microphone appears to have cut out, so I'm going to introduce everybody else except for him. My buddy Ryan. Hi! Val. Can you say my Bless name? You are you're, space tater tot. <laughs> Steve. Morning. And hopefully he's back, Justin. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell happened right there. It's, it, you like, decided to stop talking, so I took the reins for a moment. You're welcome. Well, no, my my computer like like spit my voice back at me, so I thought we had an echo, but then I realized it was just in my headphones. So wonderful way to start a podcast. I apologize, people. Hey, man, um, I'm really good at fixing <laughs> shit. So yes, thank you, John, for stepping in and saving the world. Um, <laughs> right, Captain America in this bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we are starting off our outer space uh, trio. Um, I know that we had a trio on aliens, but we're staying away from the uh, alien section of space talk, and we're talking about just space as, you know, a thing. Um, so tonight we're going to do Celestial Wonders, which is kind of a summed up um, wonderful things around the universe, unexplained things, amazing things, things oh, that we haven't... Yeah, cool shit. Um, so I, I have a couple things to talk about, and um, Val has what she calls her cool space shit list. Um, <laughs> I, she doesn't call it that. I just called it that, but whatever. I'm going uh, to call it that. <laughs> uh, she has a bunch of cool space knowledge and uh, things that she has. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to start off with is uh, I don't know if any of us are into astronomy or astrology at Val are you into that because I'm not too much of a space nerd I know some things I'm just not like it's not my forte so I am into both I'm into astronomy I took um sorry I just saged the shit out of my room uh, <laughs> I I feel like my fire alarm is going to go off. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I took uh, astronomy classes in college, and then um, I there's a place that I worked um, in the middle of nowhere in Maine on a lake, and they had an astronomy week every week, and they had this guy um, named Kelly, and he was one of Carl Sagan's colleagues. Um, and he would come every year and bring these massive telescopes and teach us all of this cool shit. And I've always really liked space, um, but I also am in, I'm interested in astrology, which is- Not a science. Not the same thing. It's adjacent, but it's also like, astrology is like a pseudoscience and astronomy is- It's a barely science. It's I a, mean, you should barely even call science. it a science science. Listen, as much as I hate the show, yeah. I, as much as I hate a certain show about uh, the start of the universe, I think that he gets one thing right, which is about geology not being a science, nor is astrology. 
No, it's so it's a it's a pseudoscience, but it's tied into astronomy because um, you can't have astrology without understanding the movements of the planets. And yeah, the but if you understand the, the movements planets. of the planets, then astrology doesn't work. I I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> um, because because since the planets move all the time and we're moving and everything like that, that's night sky is never exactly the same. Right, and but you're actually a lot of the constellations and things that it you base astrology off of are completely fucking different. Yeah, but the astrology the astro- uh, astrology um, changes based on what's going on in, uh, in the night sky at that time or at the time of certain events. It's constantly changing because of the sky constantly changing. So like, for example, we just came out of a Mercury retrograde and that's when the planet Mer- Mercury seem, looks like it's going, it to, it's not going in reverse, but it looks to our um, eye like it's traveling in the reverse of where it's, you know, the track that it's normally on. And so Mercury retrograde in astrology means um, a lot of things, but including like breakdown of communication. It's like harder to communicate with people. Um, There's a bunch of things that happen and that are, you know, said to be a a little bit uh, less than ideal, Um, but we just came out of that. Um, So that's just like one, um, like uh, astrology is constantly changing. There are certain things that like your birth chart will always be the same um, because it was the mo- like the way that the sky looked the moment that you were born and the location that you were born. But yeah. the astrology, like it's it's based on the ever-changing nature of space, which is why I said, you know, like you can't have astrology without un- an understanding of the way planets work um, because it is changing. It's constantly changing. So... I'm so burpy today. <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't does astrology tell you why you're burpy? Isn't that like a thing? Uh, doesn't it tell you everything? It does. I thought that was the point. I don't know that much, but yes. Yeah, so I I um I have like a very rudimentary understanding of astronomy. Um, like I can point out the zodiac and like the Southern Triangle and Cassiopeia and the Big and Little Dipper and Orion's Belt and a couple other things, but that's it. I, I'm well. I mean, I, I was really amped for the Northern Star conjunction that we had back in November. Did you, did you guys watch that when it was happening? Oh, you're gonna no. have to educate me like I'm five. So, yeah. okay, so back in... As back I in promote our show on every freaking thing I can think of. So I think back in... So this is the most, like, recent pop culture astronomy thing that happened back in... Um, back in October, I think, was when it started to happen. Um, Jupiter and Saturn were visible to the naked eye in the night sky and they started getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer together. Suddenly they crash into one another, creating a new moon. Obviously they're not getting actual closer together, but like our, in our visual, in our path, um, our visual path of what it looks like, they looked like they were getting closer together. In reality, they were you know, a great distance apart. But, so I think it was um, the end of December, they conjuncted, which essentially means that they overlapped. Um, 
It will so a conjunction can mean going parallel. It can mean a couple of different things, but they did. They overlapped and they created this like beautiful, bright, um, like it looked like the cliche uh, nativity northern star in the sky for um, a couple of days. Um, but that was the most, the coolest thing. But like it was neat because you could go out on every every night and see them in the sky. Um, and I think those those, those like um, astronomy apps that everybody has on their phone, I think they're amazing for like beginning astronomers or like people who just like want to know like, oh, I wonder where Venus is right now. Or like, I wonder where, what direction the sun is going to come up in. Like, I think those, those apps are really amazing. But yeah, so that was the, that's the most recent thing that I of that happened in terms of ast astronomy but that's just the boring that's like just the boring solar system stuff there's like <laughs> there's so much other cool shit that like we're just like theorizing and they're like hey this telescope picked up on this weird shit we've never seen before maybe it's this maybe it's not we have no idea will we ever go who knows? Well, yeah, that's that's one one of the things that scientists do for stuff that we haven't been able to see. Like um, a lot of the times, you'll hear them say, and and this is going to be a different uh, episode altogether. But they'll talk about like the closest planet that might have life, or this planet has this kind of gas, and the way that they, you know, theorize on that is by using the current scientific. Um, information they have plus as much observation as they have had with as far as like you know what the clouds look like or, or what like the the light that's coming off of it and th there's a bunch so, of different so the way that we that we figure out what a planet is made of pretty much uh is kind of really really fucking cool so we use uh spectrology spectro i'm getting it wrong but basically what it basically what it means is we take the light we focus a um spectroscopy focus, yeah there you go spectroscopy yeah we, we focus we focus a telescope specifically on one planet and then we take the light that's coming off of it and if you break that down into bands of light like you would take a, um it, you know if you would take like a quartz crystal and put it against the light it turns into the spectrum yep well if you do that you could see certain markers by the spectra the spectrum of light that comes off that is produced and that way you can actually figure out what is present coming off of a planet and yeah. what's present in present in things like gas clouds and stuff like that it's actually <laughs> really fucking cool that we figured how how to do that and it sounds like it's science fiction but it's like something super easy that you could like it's one of those fun things that you could like test the the science behind it but really you don't understand it unless you have like the gigantic instruments to do it but it's really fucking cool uh can right. i pick you off what you're saying yeah go ahead um so in a similar way um they will point scientists will point um whatever type of equipment they're pointing at a star and they'll get readings 
over time of like the level of electromagnet. I don't know. I, it's the level of like energy. I don't know if it's the electromagnetic energy level or whatever. But so this is back before we had any 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 validated knowledge of planets outside of our solar system and they were just kind of observing stars and they noticed that there were these dips um in the readings of um you know the the whatever equipment they were pointing at stars and they realized that the dips were happening at the same intervals no matter how you know it was just like an interval that was a regular same interval every time and so they realized that um, what was causing the dip in the energy readout was a transit of a planet across the star. Yep. So they've started, um, that's the way that they, um, when they find a star, they'll point whatever equipment um, that they need to record it and then they'll record it over a certain period of time. And when there are dips at a regular interval, um, they can tell how many planets and they can almost, I think, I'm pretty sure they can tell like the relative size of the planets. Yep. Uh, uh, so I think that they went from like, it was really, um, I was watching a show uh, a couple of years ago and it happened really quickly. I think uh, it was only in the last maybe 20 years that we had any knowledge of planets outside the solar system, maybe even less than that. But now we know of like thousands and thousands of planets um, outside of the solar system. And that's all from like that same type of, that same technique that Ryan was talking about of like pointing equipment and taking readings and the changes in the readings can tell you, you know, if there's uh, how many planets there are, the sizes that they are, if they're in that like Goldilocks zone, depending on like how far away from the star they are. And they can tell, like Ryan said, like what the chemical makeup is of them. So we're like, it's really it's really amazing and that's still all everything we've talked about is still in the realm of like things that are actually proven science like this isn't even like tapping into the weird shit that you know people are like we found this thing and we don't know what it is but it could be this and we don't understand why it does this so so <laughs> it's it's kind of similar um i was just reading up on the the way that they see objects and planets that are light years away from us and the way that they can turn around and say hey this planet has life you know 10 light years away even though we can't really see it is the same thing it's it's the light thing um the way that they see if there's a planet in the first place is by watching a star which usually stars are there are at the center of you know like our sun um and they watch a star and they look for dips in the stars the light that's coming off of the star and that means that a planet um or some kind of object is passing in front of that star because the light dims for a certain amount of time, which can tell them like the size of the planet and, and all that kind of cool stuff. So um, that's how we find planets that are light years away and how we will eventually find our next home. But again, we're going to go into the, the next home thing later on. Um, yeah. I have a lot more content for that. So, <laughs> And I, do you guys, um, do you guys want to hear some like weird shit that we, they don't have any idea of what it is? Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so here's some that I thought were really cool. Um, let me find. Where's okay? So we know pretty um, with some pretty cool certainty that like. Um, so you see, like okay, so like behind me, 
Um, and like behind Justin, and if you're not, if you're just listening, um, Justin and I have like nebula clouds behind us. Real quick, uh, that's another great reason why people should tune in on you. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, we're all very good looking, and you're wasting your time not looking at our faces. <laughs> at least <laughs> five of us are good looking. <laughs> a literal space potato. <laughs> so you think of like a gas will, you know, expand in all directions. So there's, um, you, so when there's a nebula or an exploding um, star creates the gas cloud, which is the nebula, they make all these cool shapes. Um, and, you know, we name the shapes because sometimes they look like one thing, but, you know, they're ever changing. So there's this one um, nebula and it's 2300 light years away um and it's got an oddly geometric shape so it is um justin if you want to pull up the red rectangle nebula um okay. so nebula um but it, the gas clouds they don't look like a normal like normal gas clouds they're very um like you can see it from here you can it's very geometric <laughs> It's a terrible, I'm doing a terrible job, but until you pull it up. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> so it's located in the con constellation of Monoceros or the unicorn. Um, the, the reason why they think that it's got this um, almost like crystalline rectangular shape to it um, is because they think it's a, a, a double star galaxy or like at the heart of the galaxy there are two stars that orbit one another, um, unlike ours and most that have one. Um, and so, yeah, so they're saying that the two stars are creating these like refracting cones of light. Um, and then, in addition to that, uh, Nebula uh, has this rare phenomenon called extended red emission. And what that is, is that the dust glows like super duper red um, and they don't know why it's called why it's this red, um, but you know the, the theory is that um, it's due to like super intense ultraviolet light, um, and the super intense UV light is interacting with the high carbon um, content in the molecules, and it's making it like glow this very very deep red um, throughout the the galaxy. But I thought that was really cool because you know you think of um, you think of like any picture of a galaxy that you know of, there's, you know, there's the spiral galaxy, like the Milky Way, but like you don't really see things that are that um, like organized. You know what I mean? It's very organized. It's, it's a very solid shape. Also, math, the math that goes along with this is so fun. This is so exciting. I'm having like a nerd gasm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, so I really enjoyed um, that one. Um, I was just saying, now you know how I feel like during all those random things that I love when I. <laughs> guys. Yeah, is this what it's like? Is, is it, this is is this what it's like uh, when I'm listening to you guys talk about video games? Can I be honest? Probably. You remember how we all felt while Steve rattled on about Borderlands? <laughs> yeah, this is my Rain Man subject. This, this, this is your Borderlands moment. Yeah. Just oh, <laughs> Although it's a lot more organized. 
Uh, yeah. And a lot less hair focused. <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking monkey hair. I mean, uh, you can't uh, see the hair from here, wherever you guys are talking about, so that's why you're not focusing on the hair. I don't like this at all. There's also um, there's also this concept called the Bermuda Triangle of Space, um, and it's just a portion of... Uh, I forget what direction it's pointing towards. Um, it's also called the South Atlantic Anomaly. It's a... a, a <sighs> It's, how do I say this without messing it up? Um, whenever the ISS passes through this, this, um, magnet, this, this anomaly, magnetic field an- anomaly, they can't, none of their imaging equipment works. Um, they can't get any, um, they can't get any images or like it's the images are damaged. The computers stop working sometimes. Um, they've experienced cosmic flashes. Um, yeah, and the Hubble telescope is unable to take um, unable to take any observations while it's you know going through this like Bermuda Triangle of space, um, and like nobody knows why. I think <laughs> I think it's aliens, but I think everything's aliens. I think <laughs> aliens are like no, no, this is where the ship is sitting, so you're not allowed to take any pictures. It's like cloaking device. No, I don't actually think it's aliens. I just think it's an anomaly. Uh, so so I, I've never actually heard of this before, and I'm just reading up on it really quick. Um, and it, it's basically, so there's the Van Allen, Van Allen belts, the Van Allen belts around Earth, which are uh, belts of uh, charged particles that surround Earth. Um, it's one of the, they trap like the, um, the rays of the sun. And in this particular area, it's where the um, it, it comes closest to Earth, sometimes within 124 miles to Earth's surface, and it allows the radiation rays from the sun to penetrate. Um, so it's like a high radiation area, in the highest radiation area in Earth's, at Earth's atmosphere or Earth's orbit, uh, which is what they believe causes all the electro- electronical issues and, and stuff. Uh, with the satellites and, and spacecraft and what have you. But yes, aliens, definitely aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was uh, something. Oh, well, there's something better than aliens, and that's real science. That's weird. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> okay, so, but here's the thing there's like so much weird science that goes on in space that we know nothing about. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me find my other, I've got my other list right here. Um, well, I, really- I got bored, so I looked it up. Um, the ISS <laughs> uses uh, like DSLR cameras because I, I wasn't sure what it was that they needed to like see out there. I wasn't sure if it was like an MRI type uh, imagery or something like that. 600 millimeter lenses or the largest you have. And this is what it says like to take good photos. Uh, 2x telephoto oh am i just reading this wrong i guess i am <laughs> yeah my bad it's actually a product review <laughs> no it's it, it it's from nasa.com or nasa.gov excuse me uh, nasa.com yeah. is a porn site as we all found out in <laughs> elementary school about whitehouse.com um God. <laughs> and uh you know it's it, it's only from a couple years ago though so it's not like it's outdated uh, but it's like, how do we get these cool images? Well, here's what you're going to need. And I'm like, motherfucker, you. <laughs> you 
Do you guys do you guys want to hear about nuclear pasta? Hey, hey Val, every time you ask, do you guys wanna, we're all just gonna tell you yes regardless. So you should just be like, hey guys, <laughs> okay. you're gonna hear about nuclear pasta. Okay. okay, all right. So the next thing I want to talk about was nuclear pasta. Um, so nuclear pasta is what happens when, um, when like the- Wait, hang on, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just found an actual list of cameras on the ISS. Yeah, there's some cool live- Jerry's like, I left my phone up there. My camera's there. <laughs> um, it's a lot of Nikons. Uh, D5, D800, E, D4, D3S, D3X, D3, D200, D2XS, D1. None of our listeners know what any of that means. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what that means. But, I have no fucking. He sounds like R2D2. Beep boop. Um, but the bulk of it is like cameras you can get on Earth. It's not anything special. So the fact that those uh, cameras aren't working in certain areas aren't is all cameras cameras you can get on Earth though. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. there goes the Nikon sponsorship. <laughs> Did I tell you about nuclear pasta? For Christ's sake! Absolutely not. So you mean the spaghetti nuclear- monster? Yes. No. But so they think that they theorize that nuclear pasta is the strongest substance in the universe. And what it is, is um, it's the leftovers of a dead star. Um, and what happens is um, protons and neutrons um, that come from like the husk of a dead star um, start to, because of like um, the black hole in the middle or whatever force is in the middle, um, it starts to like deeply pressurize these these um, protons and neutrons. Um, and what it does is it squeezes them into these like linguini shaped tangles. Um, but the force that you put them under is in order to, they theorize that in order to shatter this material, you would have to apply enough force to them that's 10 billion times the force needed to shatter steel. So these like little ribbons of protons and neutrons that get forced through the middle of a dead star are supposedly like the strongest substances in the universe. So if there's like science fiction writers that want an idea of like a cool- You mean Mjolnir. Yeah, like someone who's like trying to write a cool story, they should write about like, uh, like nuclear pasta farmers who like are like, you know, traveling from dead star to dead like star. Like dwarves? Like dwarves that use a dead star as a- Not bringing Peter Dinklage into this. We already said no aliens. <laughs> that's how yeah. Mjolnir was made, Val. That's Mjolnir. What's Mjolnir? You it's know oh what Mjolnir is? Hammer from the, from the- Oh, it's Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, Mjolnir. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was made from nuclear pasta. Um, okay, so what's another one I have? Okay, so there's these things called FRBs, uh, and what that stands for is fast radio bursts, and researchers have been receiving them or picking up on them uh, since 2007, and they're these super strong, really bright um, radio signals that are like, they're, they last only like a few milliseconds, um, and they're... Um, supposedly coming from billions of light years away Um, and recently scientists managed to um, capture a repeating um, uh, yeah it was a repeating fast radio burst Um, and it flashed six times in a row 
at like an even interval, uh, which is something they've never seen before. Um, so they're, they don't think that like, this is something that is like a signal. They just think it's like a background radiation. Yeah. It's just like the goings on of like the soup of the universe and everything moving, at, you know, doing, doing the universe, doing what it does, but they're called uh, fast radio bursts. Um, I mean, really you, when you, you, I forgot the full science of it, but one of the coolest things that you could do on Earth um, that has to do with weird science that you don't even realize is happening is the static in your TV is actually the background radiation of the Big Bang. And that's one of the cooler things uh, because it's just leftover radiation that's just going around. And when it's in the when it's in the wires like that, it just makes those signals. Um, the there's also a lot of um, radio. Like if you point if you point a telescope in certain areas, pretty much every star and everything. Hi, Steve. This this. Uh, if you pointed a radio telescope at a star, it's another way of um, figuring out what the star is made up of because you could get the radio, the radio waves back, and that could actually give you another spectrum analysis of planets and such things. Uh, which is another cool thing. That's why we have giant telescopes sitting out there. Um, like arrays of giant telescopes and such. It's not, they're not looking for alien signals. They're actually out uh, radio, doing radio tele, radio spectrum analysis that also tells of the makeup of the universe, which is another fun part of everything. You guys know you guys know what rogue planets are, right? That's like... Hell yeah, that's where all the bad guys go. <laughs> oh, rogue and Rogue so, Squadron. Justin, rogue planets are cool. They're just planets without a solar system. They're just hurtling through space. Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Universe be like, yeet. <laughs> yeah, he got... It, rogue planet got yeeted at some point and then never stopped being yoked. And now it's... Oh my god. <laughs> it's yoinked. So... So when you were uh, when you when you were talking about like the the antennas pointed at the universe, the only thing I could think of right was um, when Bender was lost in space, and he became a god. Uh, yeah, right. He used the 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 monk's radio to uh, to try and find out where he is, and then he met yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I I just like that he. All right, I, we're we're kind of on topic, so I can talk about this. I like that he grows two civilizations on either side of his body, and they just go into nuclear war on one another, and everything he does fucks it up worse. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't. Uh, okay, here's one. Do you guys know what a globular cluster is? No. A cluster in, of globs. So a globular cluster is a a really fun phrase to say, and b uh, <laughs> very it, dirty. I mean, yeah, it does sound dirty. It sounds like cluster. a sounds like a rusty trombone or like a you know what I mean. <laughs> I put my globular cluster on her face. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
I don't like this at all. This has gone downhill very quickly. So, uh, I think it's globulus is the word, or globule. It just means like a small sphere. Uh, but, so what a globular cluster is, it's this um, uh, ancient, uh, very densely packed group of stars. Um, but um, the way that they're observed, um, there's, you can observe, there's one that I, you can observe with the naked eye and I forget what it's near, um, but you can observe some of them with, with the naked eye, but what they look like is like a little blob of haze in the sky with the naked eye. But the craziest thing about the way that your, the cones and rods in your um, eyes pick up on light, if you look directly at a globular cluster, it'll almost disappear from your sight. But if you look just to the right or left or up or down of a globular cluster, it will appear brighter because of the, the way that the light is hitting the cones and rods in your eye. It's a really weird phenomenon. <laughs> um, and it's just because of all the diffused light. But in the, yeah, in the night sky, they look like big, like, they look like big, like, globs of light. Um, but it's just like very densely packed, super gravitationally linked groups of like, it's like a garden, a, a, like a, a, a nursery of stars. I am suddenly picturing Family Guy <laughs> now. Thanks, thanks for all of the cartoon. <laughs> Where I think it was Stewie was like dying, so he goes, take my final words. Yeah, little squiggly ball of light in my eyeball. I'm no, that was that was Peter. Ball. It was oh, Peter. Oh, yeah, my this he was talking about the floaters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I'm trying to think of where a there's a globular so if you're looking out in the night sky on a clear night and it you see what looks like a little like blip of haze. Um, that's a globular, it's probably the globular cluster. Um, but I think that I've always enjoyed, um, I've always enjoyed those. I think they're really cool looking. I think it's crazy that you, like our eyes are flawed in that when you look directly at it, it like disappears from your view. And then if you look to the side of it, it just immediately pops back into view. <coughs> Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it's really pretty too. There's there's a lot of uh, pretty shit um, in the universe. That <laughs> um, so yeah. So the, you gave us a list. I think you were going down them of the the weirdest, like a bunch of weird shit. I think that was basically what you were you were going through is is uh, some of the weird shit in the universe. Um, there's also some really beautiful shit in the universe um and i have a couple of them here um the the first one that i wanted to bring up is uh where is it uh the mystic mountain and this is probably one that people probably know about uh the mystic mountain is one region of intense turbulence and high energy stellar activity within the larger Carina Nebula, which I, I'm again, I'm not a space expert, so I don't know where that is. Uh, I just thought it was really pretty. Um, so I am going to share that really quick and we can go ooh and ah because. Can you, after this one, can you pull up the pillars of creation? Uh, yeah, actually. I, I, yeah, I believe I have that one up there. But again, people, this is we, we are somewhat a visual medium at times. So. Hell keeps a Stadia thing on their goddamn computer. So yeah, the cool. <laughs> so here's the cool part about nebulas. 
we like they're not they're they're it's, it's literally like a giant ball of gas hurtling through space at high speed but because it's so far away from us it looks like it's still it's so wild to me that you can just go back and take picture after picture after picture and nothing will have changed um but eventually that will like theoretically if there's humans 10,000 years from now knock on wood um right then the nebulas will look different. Yeah, that's the pillars of creation. I think they look like dicks, but I think everything looks like a dick. <laughs> you have a very I mean, solid I see animals. I see like a wolf, <laughs> a gorilla. Are we playing oh, the game where we, where we, uh, where we look at the clouds? Because I see a fist missing two fingers or a finger and a thumb. <laughs> oh, it's the shocker it's- nebula. It's also it's ET's of you. I don't think so. It kind of looks like the, the, the case for Left for Dead. Yeah. Oh my God, it does. <laughs> You're welcome. You'll never unsee it. Folks at home, if you never played Left for Dead, it's a zombie game. Go play it. Oh. And then play back for what? In two months when it comes out. Yes. Hey, th- thank you for the video game recommendation. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, yeah. NASA.com too. That's why this looks like the shocker. Justin, yeah. will, you, will you pull up uh, a Fermi bubble? F-E-R-M-I. I'm really... I'm, Any, anybody listening to this episode in like in like a month yeah, is going to be really but, bad. Well, too, it's... You know what? <laughs> I mean, they... They, they listen they, to me say it, and then they Google it with their phone while, you know, they, they're, they're smart people. I mean, I yeah, mean another it. thing... Another thing that our listeners can do is just come to YouTube to see what we're actually talking about. Yeah. Right. I mean, our episodes are available after after the fact. So you can come to our channel and watch our previous episodes and be able to see all of this. So instead of listening to it on uh, an audio medium, you can come to our channel and subscribe and then watch uh, the episodes and see but, some of the wacky shit that we get into. That's a so good point. Yeah. So yeah. this is a Fermi bubble. What were you going to say, Steve? Sorry. Yeah, if you really don't want to go watch it, Listen to Val explain what it looks like. Yeah, or just like listen to the words that I say and Google the pictures. But like actually come watch us because it's <laughs> um, So this is a Fermi bubble. Um, and uh, so the it's named that because um, the Fermi Gamma Ray Telescope picked it up. And so this, what we're looking at is a um, like side view of the Milky Way galaxy. Um, that's where we live. And so what those two big clouds, it looks like a figure eight um, with like super, I like how they have patriotic, patriotic colors. Um, so it's these two big bubbles. It looks like a figure eight with like the Milky Way slicing through the middle. Um, and so what these are is just massive, massive, massive clouds of gamma rays. Um, they're uh expanding at 2.2 million miles an hour. Um, And there's uh, concentric bubbles. So there's like bubbles within a bubble um, coming from the galaxy's core. Um, Yeah, so they make this incredible um, hourglass shape. Um, So they're just, I just think that's like, you know, going back to the things that are just beautiful. These are obviously, you know, we can't see it with the naked eye. So we have these amazing telescopes to like, 
take these incredible photos of us. Also, like, how crazy is it that we can look outside of ourselves as a species and just like, you know, where where's the farthest telescope that we have now? We've got not a telescope. We have um, a probe outside the uh, solar system, right? You mean physical? Like, a, yeah, we have a probe outside yeah. the solar yeah. system, right? Like a couple years ago, yeah. it went out the solar system. So we now have the ability, you know, to, we have the technology theoretically to bring something outside of our solar system to then, you know, um, I yeah, just think- it, it takes, that took- It was launched in the years? 70s. Yeah, I think it was launched in the 70s. It was because Carl Sagan helped it be launched. And yeah. Carl Sagan is way dead at this point. Oh, way um, dead. <laughs> way dead. He's way dead, Morty. I'll be like, yo, Carl uh, Sagan, you want some help? He'll be like, I don't know. I'm super dead. <laughs> uh, Y'all know what a quasar is? Hell yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go into quasars, can, can I show wait. my... Can I show you my favorite uh, picture of probably my favorite picture of space like and, ever taken? And and I, was, I was just able to find it. I'm going to describe your favorite picture. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So on September 15th, 2006, uh, Wait, uh, Saturn. Nobody uh, said anything after Justin puts the picture up. I'm going to poorly describe it to the best of my ability. Uh, okay, so so this is uh, Saturn's eclipse. Just like like we get a, a solar eclipse, this is Saturn's eclipse, and I think it's like one of the most beautiful fucking things. This is an actual uh, photograph. All right, folks at home, if you take Saturn and you block out all the cool color of the actual planet, and then you put like one weird dark ring in the middle of the actual <laughs> ring, that's pretty much what we're looking at right now. Uh, it looks also, for whatever reason, there's a giant elephant. And I'm still trying to figure that one out, but I think it's because, oh, oh, okay, I get it. There's three other turtles, and then it's just turtles all the way down. <laughs> what? It looks like one of those uh, sticky things that you put on your ceiling, like a sticky star. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's gorgeous. It's it's one of my favorite pictures uh, yeah. ever taken. Well, well, okay, so in order for people to actually care about that photo, so <laughs> what it is is... Saturn is being backlit by the sun and it's illuminating the rings, but leaving the um, shadow side of the planet super dark. So it creates this super high contrast photo and fucking right. come us on YouTube. God damn it. Yeah. And it actually, it, I mean, if someone just wants to like Google the picture, it doesn't look like an image, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Space um, it. Yeah. I was. I was going to talk about something, but now you've completely derailed. I mean, the last thing we uh, said before Justin got excited to, to show off his picture of, of, of his anus uh, was a quasar, which we all know is the light carrier that the Empire uses in Star Wars. Thank you. Nope. 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 I have one better. Okay. Quasar is actually a grenade in Borderlands. God, I hate you. Uh, oh my god. You're oh, welcome. Yeah, wait, oh, hold on. Let me, let me ask something about that. Is it like, okay, so I know what Where a quasar is. Where you live, Steven? <laughs> I know what a quasar is in real life. So is it like a high energy, high velocity grenade? Um, It pulls things in towards the center at a good velocity where it then flings up 
and then flings back down after it gets to its like elastic band width. So Which is pro- exactly fucking quasar does. Ooh. That, yeah, that's okay. So that's what a quasar does. It's this. Um, so there's an event horizon um, with black, a black hole. I think there's a black hole in the middle. So there's the event horizon where it's pulling in all of this stuff at really high rate of speed, and then it shoots out this incredibly um, bright tube of fucking I forget what it's called matter uh, <laughs> but it looks like a fucking jet of light and it's called the quasar and that's that makes sense because that's exactly how it works it's it's basically the compressed particles coming off of the coming out of the black hole in a way yep that's what it is it's like everything that didn't go into the black hole it's just like <laughs> that as far as I remember I Steve, I can't get over. Okay, Steve looks like the from every '90s movies or '80s movie when it was the character that's crazy that needed the sh- that was the the like he's explaining something to the camera shot. Oh yeah, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. That's that's the shot of Steve right now. The only thing he's, he's missing is either a tinfoil hat and or an armadillo shell helmet. I'm gonna wear a tinfoil hat next week. I mean, they're they're completely green, so some chocolate in there. I'm gonna wear a tinfoil hat next week. That's it. That's all there is. Um, hey, question: Is Pluto a planet? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Are we trying to get a fight about this? Is it a fight on site? I grew up with it being a planet, so Pluto is not a planet. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) I will not be taking any further questions at this time. I also grew up with Mr. Potato Head. It's not a planet. Potato Head family. He better have a massive dick and a Tom Selleck mustache. Thank you. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, with all of the things you can fit in Mr. Potato Head's ass, I don't think he's the conservative icon that (laughs) that right-wingers do. Did, did you guys realize or know that Mr. Potato Head, Potato Head used to just be the pieces, like the eyes, the hands, the feet, And you put them the in mouth. the actual potato! That's yes. how it Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite That's was Adam Discover. How long... Okay, can someone look up when Mr. Potato Head was made? Because, like, imagine... It had to have been the Depression. It's it over had, 50 years ago. It, over 50 I, years. Oh, I would have thought it would was was like in the depression when people like we can't afford toys, so we're gonna nope. stick things in this potato and it's gonna be a doll. Anybody want to take a guess before looking it up? I'm already 54. The present. 1952. You were close, Steve. It was uh, first manufactured and distributed by Hasbro in 1952. When did what the TV? Was? When did the first? When did the television become like widely available? Uh, right around 55 through 60 was when it started. It was uh, it was still massive and you had the rabbit ears on the back. And I believe the first TV show was like a new response or of course. So that, the reason why I was asking was because there's no way in hell that if TV was widely available, that people would be sticking things in a potato and calling it a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I guess I mean, that's true. <laughs> the the original toy came with ears, eyes, shoes, a hat, a nose, pants, and a mouth. Pants? How you yes, put pants? No. Well, you gotta put his massive dick someplace. Potato. 
So allegedly there was something in 1926, but I'm not finding anything beyond that. It's just the it's some guy named Baird. Uh, I'm trying to find the first commercially available off that, and I'm just. Uh, so, 1928 by Mr. Philo Farnsworth. That's amazing. Hmm. That sounds awfully familiar. Like, oh wait, it? the TV? Yeah. The TV? Yeah, the TV was in, in well, I think invented or first commission commercially available uh, through Farnsworth, which is one of the reasons why they named the professor that in um, in Futurama. Uh, Futurama. So, That's yeah. oddly coincidental. Facts. And Futurama is definitely on topic because they do cool shit in space. Oh my! Not only that, but they like they incorporate actual uh, deeply intelligent, uh, deeply intelligent scientific space-related phenomena into their their sure. show, and it's it's very funny. Before we get too into Futurama and back on topic, because this was relevant three minutes ago, um, by 1949, almost all major cities had at least one television station. Uh, uh, excuse me, by the end of 1946, and, but only 44,000 homes had a TV set. Um, by the end of <laughs> By the end of 1949, there were 4.2 million TV homes. Uh, by 1953, uh, 50% of all ho- American households had one television. Uh, so, like, the fact that this toy got popular. Hold on. This looks like uh, if you ordered a Mr. Potato Head off of Wish. <laughs> so, you're getting the original off of Wish? That's yes. amazing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked that. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, <laughs> but going back to a, a rather urgent cartoon show, uh, they literally, when it came back on the air <laughs> in like the early 2010s, there was an episode that had a math equation on a chalkboard that was legit. They, yeah. they had no need or no reason to come up with uh, a piece of, of math that was, you know, able to be solved and accurate for a quick 10 second throwaway gag. And they did that. So they flexed on us. They flexed hard. <laughs> it was like the real hunting of cartoon shows. Dude, Futurama is so, I was so, I am not a Simpsons fan. Uh, it's not that I'm not, I just don't care. I, I'm not, I'm not either way about it. I don't care. But I was, um, like meh about Futurama um, and the guy I was seeing at the time was like just watch a few episodes and I swear I binged that whole series in like two months the whole series <laughs> I love that show I remember yeah. when it came out what? I remember when it came out uh, Ryan and I were in second grade oh god you're making me feel old you're only two years older than me shut up you're in fourth grade <laughs> how uh, old are you? I'm 30. I'm 34. <laughs> Shut up. You're like two years older than me. Um, math. <laughs> listen, I'm a history major for a reason, not a not a math major. <laughs> math. <laughs> I mean, dates you should know, so you should know her birth date, which means Homie. you should know how much older she is than you. Homie, let me be real with you. We There was one time in one of our history classes where we tried to figure out how old General Seleucus was, and because it was BC dates versus AD dates, we could not do it. Who's General, really? who's General B- Beluga or whatever? Beluga was, um, he, all right, when we do the actual history 
trio. It's going to be awesome. Uh, After Alexander the Great died, his empire was broken up to his like major generals. The Ptolemics took Egypt um, and Seleucos took where modern day like Damascus, Israel, all that area is. Huh. So, John, do you realize or back then, did you realize that all you have to do is add the two numbers together from what year we're in to what year he was born? And you have his date hey, or how look, old he was? Steve, once again, yes. history people don't do math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Here's uh, a fun so, way we could do. Here's a fun way we could do history as a trio. We could do kind of uh, three of us could take three different parts of history and then convince somebody that which is the best part of history to go and go back and live in. Realistically, no. Just one biased no, person. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not putting myself. Judge Riv is in session. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, yeah. So to, to get us back on topic, um, I'll be the judge. God no. Yeah, God no. Um, sorry, Steve, but no, that's not happening. Wins. God damn it. Uh, so to get us back on topic, does everyone know what that is? Uh, no, I just see a screen. Hey, I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's, that's the eye. That's, that's Saturn. The, that's that's the eye. Saturn. Oh, it's no, it's on Jupiter. Jupiter, Jupiter. Jupiter Jupiter's great red spot. Yeah. Um, so Jupiter's great red spot is a continuing, ongoing, forever ongoing storm. Um, the winds in it. Um, are going faster than any recorded winds. Uh, I was trying to find an actual um, speed for them, and I actually I can't find the speed for them. I'm not I'm on NASA's website. NASA doesn't have the actual speeds for those winds. Uh, it just says that they're they're counterclockwise and the wind speed exceed those of any storm on Earth. Um, and the spot is so huge that it can fit 1.3 Earths in it, which is crazy. Um. Uh, which planet has the hexagon on it? Is that Jupiter too? The hexagon? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a planet that has a hexagon, or it used to have a hexagonal shape of gas. Was, uh, was that Uranus? That's Saturn. Uh, yeah. So Saturn has a hexagonal. Uh, yeah, pull that up because that's another like gas-related uh, fun thing to look at, other than Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's it's around its north pole, uh, I believe this just said. It's around the north pole of the planet. I'm trying to find a, a good picture of it, which I um, we should have had. Oh, there we go. This is, no, it's craters. Um, we should have some of these pictures ready to go, but um, I did not have time to prepare today. So, oh, well. Well, um, Justin, I think it actually, like, is dissipating or did dissipate um, or is in the process of it. Because I re- remember them saying that, like, it was a hexagon and now it's like more of a circle or it's like, I don't know. There was something I remember there being a thing saying that like the, the, the hexagon was like disintegrating or like they, they were, whatever was making it be hexagonal was not doing that anymore. Uh, I'm not sure, but I just put a um, picture up of what it looks like and it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know when this picture is dated, but it's super cool. And like, they couldn't figure out what made the corners happen. Right. Cause like yeah, every cool. is spherical. So I think the, the general theme of this episode is space is cool. Space is cool as shit. 
science, yo. Um, I looked it up for you, Justin. The wind speed they find on average is 268 miles per hour. That's fast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, we, that's fast. <laughs> we get some hurricanes, like some crazy wind speed hurricanes. Not like Isn't that. that um, I, I don't know. Or it, it, isn't that? I don't know if anybody's watched the movie. I think I uh, I watched it once. But isn't that where the like secret bad guy base is and Jupiter ascending is like okay. in I don't the watch red spot of Jupiter? Oh, I didn't <laughs> watch garbage. Dude, <laughs> I watch Mortal Empires. Don't tell me that. That movie. Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Did I say Mortal Empires? Yes. That's kind of been playing a lot of Total War Warhammer. I know. <laughs> is, um, Mor- is Mortal Engines about those those giant like moving continents? Cities. That, like yeah. moving cities. Yeah, they're like machine cities. Yeah. Hate that. And and <laughs> London swallows them all up like fucking Nazi Germany. Yeah. I you know what? I hated that movie and turned it off halfway through because that is the coolest fucking concept for a book and movie or whatever however it started off that is the coolest fucking concept and it was such poor execution that i was just i turned it off halfway through yes so, you know the books are good the books are pretty good for more uh, hey bring it back to this real quick uh category five hurricanes on earth are any wind speed above 157 miles an hour and they're considered uh, don't like that. Right. So, so this is this is a category. Let's say like category seven hurricane. I'm just giving it a random number above five. Um, but a category seven hurricane that is almost two Earths in size, and it has been. It's just ongoing, which is just mind-boggling to think about. Well, the gases are constantly motivating it to move, so it's not like it can settle. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's an explanation for why, but I'm just saying that the, the actual like I, thought of that happening is yeah. insane. Yes. I just, yeah, it's nuts. The whole concept, <laughs> Jupiter as a whole is like, like, oh, it's this giant ball of gas. Like, it, like the density, I think someone said once that the density, if you like squish down the, the particles of Jupiter, it could fit in like a bathtub. Like it's so, the density. Ah, I'm using the it's, wrong it's science. Not dense. It, it's volume. Air. It's mass. No, is it mass? Yeah, it'd be it, mass. It's it's mass. Yeah. So the mass is such that if you squished it all down into like solid matter, it would fit in your bathtub. Which is in fucking sane to me. That's yep. wild. Yep. Uh, okay, so that is um, what I have. Uh, do you have anything else to show us, Val? Um, ooh, I had a nickel for every time someone asked me that. You have exactly oh negative 15 cents. I would have no money. Um, okay. No, you, you have, you, do you have anything else to show us? I'd like my money back, please. <laughs> uh, I have my receipt. Um, hold, please. Okay, we did the hexagon on Saturn. One out of five stars, not satisfied. Let's see. Ooh, the Einstein cross. Okay. Oh, the Einstein cross is a galaxy <laughs> situated um, between um, Earth. It's situated between Earth and a quasar, eight billion light years away. 
and it creates a gravitational lens that bends the quasar's light, creating four bright outer image uh, out objects, and so the image looks like a cross. Um, so it's essentially um, a quasar, and the way that the light is refracting is making it look like a cross, even though that is just one object. That's just the quasar right. refracted in the way that Ryan was talking about, like a piece of quartz getting refracted. It literally so. looks like a ringworm. <laughs> it look, I know it looks like, or it looks like something from the movie The Ring. <laughs> it looks like a weird. I don't want to be down that well with that girl. Uh, if you showed that to a, if you showed that to a ghost hunter, they would tell you that it, it was something. Oh, I have something. I've got something that's cool. Um, so it's called the pup. Um, the what? It's called the pup, like puppy, but shortened. The pup. Okay. Uh, and what the pup is is it's a white dwarf star, um, but the density is so, it's so um, heavy um, that a handful. If you took the planet and you took a handful of it it weighs the same as 10 full cement trucks. Okay, so that's, that's pretty cool. Gravity, yeah. Imagine the gravitational pull from that fucking thing. Um, yeah, so it's called the Pup. It's just like a white dwarf star, but they've done the calculations and, you know, a handful of that star, if you could ever take a handful of a star, it would weigh the same as 10 cement trucks, which is really... Oh, you're talking about a super massive... Uh, yeah, yeah. Super. Yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, um, and so, okay, uh, there's another uh, object called V381 NOR. And it's a double binary. Um, it's a double binary galaxy. And what it is, um, it's two, uh, is it two galaxies? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, yes, it's two galaxies. Um, and so, What's happening is we're seeing the, they're starting to, let me back up. Um, at the middle of both of these um, objects, there's black holes. And when you, um, if you've seen the movie Interstellar, you know that if you get close enough to a black hole, you reach something called the accretion disk. And if you get to a certain, um, what is it called? The terminal, what is it? Uh, the event when, horizon. Event Horizon. So, oh, fucking great movie. Um, so, if you if you get to the Event Horizon, um, or any piece of matter gets to the Event Horizon, um, it will not escape the gravity of the black hole. And so, what they're seeing is um, this is essentially like so. Picture two records or two CDs, um, and one of them's perpendicular to the other, and the CDs or the discs are, are the accretion discs or that like point of no return um, where the matter is being pulled into. And what's happening is they're seeing the beginning of them crossing into each other's event horizon. And so what it looks like is these two discs that are swirling, and then they're just slowly starting to like suck into one another and so eventually these two uh celestial bodies will form into one larger black hole um but that's one of the first times that they've seen like the double binary in each other's event horizon so yeah that's v381 nor uh so you want to know something cool that i just learned about <laughs> mm -hmm. um well as i was I, again I, you know 
research on the fly or whatever. Um, so do you guys know what a zombie star is? No. It sounds no. like it would be a dead star that still has life in it. Uh, no, kind of. Um, so basically what this is, and I'm just kind of reading. Um, <clears throat> so it's when a white dwarf... Uh, it's when two stars are next to each other and one of them dies and it's only about like half dead so one of the stars starts eating material off of the other one and then that the companion star becomes large enough that it then explodes and then the one that died first then starts eating material off of the other one Uh, so like two companion stars that like feed off of each other until one of them explodes, leaving behind just one of them, which is the zombie star. That's cool as shit. Yeah, and I have again uh, visual medium, but I have uh, a picture, kind of like a zoomed out picture of uh, a zombie star, like two sitting next to each other, getting larger, and like it has the dates and stuff there. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's called a zombie star because it like eats off of its companion to get bigger. That's awesome. So, cool shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's um space is fucking cool. Um, <laughs> also like for anybody who like it happens to be watching this and wants to learn more, there are so many amazing opportunities to um learn about free like most museum websites um have free resources. Um if you have a library card um a lot of times your library card will give you access to a ton of online content and a lot of it is just kind of like free educational content um uh thing there's there's so much access to so many cool um if you want to learn astronomy it's super it's super overwhelming for like a, a, a little while and then you start to realize that you can just kind of like pick and shoot. There's so much that has to do. There's so much stuff about space that like you'll never know all of it. And since you're not going to become an actual astronomer, just like pick and choose the stuff that interests you. Um, but there's so many amazing resources on the Internet. Um Yeah, uh, your local a lot of times local and this is all, you know, when we can now that we're starting to get back to, you know, interacting with the world, a lot of colleges will do, um, community colleges, universities will do, um, like astronomy nights where they'll put out their astronomy department will put out their telescopes and like the public can come and look at them. Um, yeah, so there's, and also telescopes are relatively, um, inexpensive and they have a pretty short learning curve. I got my telescope from, uh, a boomerang's thrift store. Um, I think for like 20 bucks and it was like a $300 telescope. Uh, what? Was it the one in Cambridge? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got it. I got it for like 20 bucks and it's like, I looked it up. It's like a $300 telescope and you know, but they have wicked cheap telescopes. Um, and then download, definitely download that app on your phone. It's called like a night sky app or sky some, I don't know. Just look up like astronomy apps and you can, just like walk outside and with absolutely no knowledge of the way that the sky works, you can identify things and like start to, and the more that you just like go out and look at the sky for a couple minutes a night, if you make it a habit, you'll start to um, see the way in which things move and you'll start to recognize different constellations. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely something that like, it, it's 
one of the cooler things. It's the universe. It's literally what it's the the biggest thing that exists. So learn a little bit about it. <laughs> it is existence. It, yeah, it is existence. We are the universe experiencing itself. So experience yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we well, are just space dust experiencing the space dust. Yes. Uh, yes. I actually changed my recommendation uh, from what I was originally going to recommend. I actually have a cool recommendation uh, that is actually a pretty cool learning tool. Ooh. Okay. Well, uh, now that you mentioned that, um, unless anybody has anything else, uh, we're going to go into that wonderful time at the end of our episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it is recommendation time. Uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off since you were so excited about uh, the... Okay. Uh, in 2015, a game went on to on PC onto the Steam uh, onto the Steam platform. It is called Universe Sandbox. Uh, it has been in early access since then, simply because it's been completely and totally, uh, it's been being uh, added to and worked on since 2015, continuously, all the time. There was just an update at the end of 2020. Uh, but yeah, so it is a game that does exactly what it says on the tin. It, it allows you to completely simulate with real-time physics and real-time um, like high processing. It, it really depends on how good your computer is with how well it runs. Um, it allows you to simulate things like quasars and black holes hitting each other and planets hitting each other and the movement of the planets and like you could really interact with it. It is also really cool because if you have a VR helmet, you can literally be inside of the universe and start moving planets around with your hands, which yeah. is a pretty cool thing that I really want to do at some point. <laughs> but otherwise, Universe Sandbox uh, is on Steam. Uh, right now it's 30 bucks, uh, but it is really fucking cool. I am going to purchase that very soon. Yeah. <laughs> and take mushrooms and move planets with my hands. Well, you need a VR helmet to do that. But yeah, yeah, you can do it with the mouse. You can do it with the mouse. <laughs> Just in case anybody at home is wondering, Val's not serious about the mushrooms. She's going to eat some, some portobellos. 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're not in any danger of anybody realizing that, you know, Val does mushrooms and then going after her for after watching our podcast. Um, I don't think we're on the FBI watch list yeah. uh, unless there's something I don't know. But and, and if the FBI is watching, I don't know where she lives. Yeah. That's all I know. I do not have her address that I did not send things to before. So do not ask me for it. The mug showed up on its own. <laughs> Who are you people? Yeah, the, the network sent that. We didn't. Okay, yeah. Steve, it's your turn since you decided to speak out. But you guys are doing it. How come I can't do it? How come I have to be the one that's singled out? <laughs> it's your turn. Go ahead, Steve. I called you out. Go. All right. I'm going to recommend uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Oh, God. You had a call on me. 
Go I hate ahead. it. Go the, ahead. The an- it's your turn. The, the anti-physics are freaking amazing. Uh, because it takes place in space, because low gravity and everything, I actually thought it would be a good idea to do it. Oh, so, that's nice. Is there monkey hair in this one? <laughs> why do you, why do you egg him on? <laughs> You're egging him on. No. I no. Know. No. Only in the second one. There's no monkey hair. Well, I'm glad. See, it's related, you guys. He did the assignment. He did the assignment. He did the assignment. I did a math assignment. I just put zero as the answer for every question. Did I really do the assignment, though? No. I mean, no, you put a zero with a line through it. There was an attempt. No. <laughs> Uh, actually, my uh, recommendation was. Oops, sorry guys. <laughs> was actually that was that was comical. Good work, Justin. <laughs> was actually oh, what I was. Uh, sorry. It was actually what I was drinking tonight. I was drinking uh, Viking's blood, which is an ale or a mead, and my God, fucking delicious. And playing Valheim? What? what? Uh, who? Oh, it's a new Viking game that everyone's playing. I'm sorry. Go on. I'm sorry. No, Viking's Blood, the mead. Delicious. Okay. Absolutely delicious. Ooh. That sounds nice. It is very smooth, a little heavy. Not that bad with alcohol content. Uh-huh. I was drinking it out of a fancy glass. That I am. Uh, okay. Val, why don't you go? Okay, so I was thinking the other day that I... Um, so I don't know if it comes across on, uh, the, on YouTube, uh, but I have, like, a lighting setup (laughs) that I... (laughs) use every I don't I mean it doesn't make a difference but I like to have this light set up um and I use it for this and I use it for work I am a makeup artist by trade and I take it with me everywhere um and it's amazing and I think that if you are someone who um has a ring light or is like a con any any type of content or you take a lot of selfies or you know you have a ring light and you may not want to um you may want to like upgrade your your gear. Um, I have something. It's called a Glamcore light, G L A M C O R, um, and it's not a um, it's not a ring. It's two. Here, I'll sh- I'll see if I can show you. Um, I'll show you. It's on my really low low tech rig. Oh no, you can't see it. So you can't see it <laughs> because I have my back on. <laughs> But so what it is, it's these two, um, instead of a ring light that's kind of stationary and you can kind of move it up and down, um, it's these two um, arms, LED strip arms. um, And they are bendable in any way that you want. Um, There is a third attachment, like a third arm that bends as well that you can put attachments to hold your phone, to hold your camera, to hold your iPhone. And so they can literally bend to any direction that you want. Um, they're dimmable. So let me, I have this little, I have a little remote. Why does it do that? I have a little remote. Um, (laughs) so I can make space remote. Yeah. It's my, I can make it way brighter. 
Um, I can make it warm. I can make it cool. So you can see um, the differences in, um, you know, all the cool stuff that you can do. Um, it's a little bit pricey, but I think if you're someone who is, you know, maybe is um, stepping up your game as like a makeup artist or some kind of content creator or like in um, the entertainment industry in some um, way, it's G-L-A-M-C-O-R. It comes in this big amazing box, uh, bag like this and I beat the shit out of this thing. I've had this thing for over a year. Um, I brought it to every single gig and I beat the shit out of it and it is holding up super, super well. Um, so yeah, it's called the Glam, Glam Core Light. G-L-A-M-C-O-R. Highly recommend. John. Cool. Oh. Uh, John, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I downloaded a new mod for one of my games. It's uh, for a game from 2005 called Star Wars Empire at War. And uh, the mod itself is called Thrawn's Revenge. It basically takes place in the interim between Return of the Jedi and Episode Seven. It's pretty badass. Go download it. It's a lot of fun. Justin, you're up. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am uh, recommending... So I, I had a, a video game recommendation, but I'm going to wait until next week um, to recommend it because it's more in the Earth colony kind of vein. Um, but I am going to recommend another YouTube channel that I frequent a lot. Um, it's called Switch Planet. Uh, what they do is they have videos of new announced Switch games. Um, it's specifically for the Nintendo Switch, if you can't tell by the name. Um, but they do videos every week of what's on sale, the best things on sale, uh, new games coming up, um, you know, a bunch of stuff. And it, it it's really nice. They do really nice videos, uh, really nice transitions to their videos. Uh, I enjoy watching them. So um, if after you subscribe to us, go subscribe to Switch Planet. And uh, yeah, so that's my there's also uh, another one called switch corner if you want to go check them out too so uh two youtube channels for nintendo switch users so there you go my recommendation and i will leave the uh, outer worlds till next week when we talk about earth colonies okay cool yeah i have a space game i have a space game i was gonna do this week but i'm gonna do next week too so yeah, okay <clears throat> very cool uh, okay, uh, anybody else have anything else or I will count us out? Uh, so, I'm giving everyone homework. If you pay to, if you watch our podcast uh, at least one night this week, uh, go outside and look at the sky, even if it's just for five minutes, because uh, you may not learn anything, but uh, it's really relaxing. I guarantee you'll feel a little bit less like everything's terrible. You might freeze, um, but it'll be fun. D download uh you can also on most phones you can download a um high exposure uh lens a high exposure camera that will keep the lens on your camera on the phone open a long time and it'll allow you to take better pictures of like stars because it allows more light in uh so if you point that upwards if you're not like in a city somewhere with a lot of high light pollution uh it should give you some decent pictures depending on how long it allows the the shutter to stay open so or just I, yeah. 45 minutes to when i rattled off random camera bits and you can probably figure that out so <laughs> or you know, like john said if you want to spend a bunch of money on a camera that's that's a thing too yeah yeah shit nikon just get a tripod <laughs> if you're gonna do that route get a fucking tripod or else it'll be really shaky and terrible <laughs> i mean 
Hey, have you ever thought that compared to people on the exact opposite side of the globe from us, we're upside down? Have you ever thought standing of- on the ceiling? I'll do you one better. Have you ever thought of calling someone who lives in the house directly on the other side of the planet with you and have both of you put a piece of bread on the floor and make an earth sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I can actually one up this wonderfully. There's a pilot in Australia. He took off, I believe, from near Adelaide, which is like one of the most southern cities of Australia. And he flew to Antarctica and he turned his plane upside down. So he was literally flying under the planet as he got there. <laughs> That's cool. There's a similar story of a Russian guy who did the same thing in the North Pole, but he flew on top of the planet uh, in a celestial craft. Nice. Uh, and on that beautiful note, John, uh, thank you for listening or watching us. If you wanted to listen to us again or catch up on any of our other episodes, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and a handful of other podcast platforms. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform, please let us know so I can work on getting us there. Our tag, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more. is 3EP Podcasts. It's 3EP Podcasts. Our website is 3EPPodcasts.com. Please come check it out and visit our host page to learn a little bit about the uh, us. And we also have a ringtone page. If you want to, you know, download a ringtone and set it to your notifications for one of those crazy things Val or John says. Uh, we live stream episodes hey, every, almost, almost every Tuesday around 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. So follow us here. Uh, please give us a like and most definitely comment so we know what you think about what we were doing or let us know if you have any questions. If they are listening to us in SoundCloud or YouTube or uh, Spotify or anywhere that supports it, what do they do, Steve? Like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell notification. Uh, let us know that you like us. Those with the thumbs down. Come to our YouTube channel. Definitely check us out. Leave us a comment there. It's all great and get fancy. Please don't fancy. give us a thumbs down. Um, please also remember to check out our network and give us a shout out network where you can find our sister podcast as well as our t-shirts and other merch. Please go to our merch site. It supports us. And um, I also have a anchor support us link in our episodes now. So go there and you can give us like a dollar or like a dollar a month or some shit like that. So, uh, yeah, please do that. And it, it helps us, it helps us do the things that we do. So be fucking funny weirdos on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so everyone say goodnight to our listeners while I put on some cool shades and uh, we will see you next week when we talk about uh, Earth's other Earths. So we're going to talk about like um, going to live on another planet and where humans go after we fuck this one up. So uh, come back and listen to us then. Have a good night, everyone. Happy- Happy-